listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 192 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Neal. Barry, we're once again doing this via the wonders of Zoom um, because the world is still shut down to, to a greater or less degree. Um, but it is the start of Easter weekend. You are working, unfortunately. I am off, so I can get drunk and silly on this tonight. Nah, don't give a fuck, man. It's like, you know, Jesus was in a cave. Jesus came out of a cave. He stuck himself on a cross. I mean, who even cares at this point? You, you know, have... It's like, you, I don't... You don't have any Easter eggs then? Uh, not yet, no. I was oh, actually going to wait and just, you know... You can go to, you you can come buy all the cheap Easter eggs at the very end of this for like a penny. Yeah, that's like just smart economy, you know? Yeah. It's like, why pay full retail price for a bit of chocolate? It's still still going to have the same expiration date. I'm just going to make sure I'm in Asda at the exact moment when they reduce everything. When me you and Joe in Australia, they used to do a thing, even like before like Easter passed, you could buy Easter eggs, but they didn't have any like sort of cardboard around it, no plastic. All it was left was an <laughs> egg and foil, and that was it. Nice, nice. And you could buy them for like 14 cents. Like, and oh my God, we lived on them for a good chunk of time because it was like it was so cheap and it was like so full of energy. Like, ah. So we basically walked in one day and had like a full trolley full of um, 14 cent Easter eggs that we <laughs> that we ended up eating for the next like like week and a half. Nice, nice. Yeah. So. I, it's, yeah. I don't know, man. It's like, I think it's completely lost on a lot of people, the whole idea of Easter unless you're like right into it so you know whatever my Easter egg is dinosaur shaped so that tells you what kind of situation I'm going with my Easter egg nice nice plus also like a lot of it a lot of it's very disappointing now you don't get the big bars of chocolate that you used to at least what I remember back in the back in the day. Well, you do. Yeah. When you, sometimes you go get a big proper bar of chocolate, but the Easter egg will cost you like fifteen quid to buy it, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's crap, you know? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. And you really, you don't really get a mug in them anymore. Maybe you still get a mug. Yeah, I you know. What I mean, it's like all those little kind of like cool trinkety things. They're not there anymore. It's oh. like, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like, you know, we're now old men who are like. The past was always better to us. Now, nothing in the future is good. I know. I, I want to choke on a small plastic toy when I'm having a bowl of cereal. You know yes. what I mean? Demand that. Demand that. Um, are you drinking <laughs> anything tonight? Nah, did just done the old day uh, just tonight. Uh, you know, as I said to you, a picture last night, it was a... Uh, sorry, buddy. Uh, girls decide to fucking be annoying plants. Uh, I, I sent a picture to yourself, my last can of beer from oh. my collection that you gave me over Christmas time. Uh, so I now that the car fridge is empty of beer, I think I'm just going to have a bit of a rest from it for yeah. maybe a wee while, you know? Reinvest. Payment. Um, Payment. I'm smashed next time we record. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm clearing my fridge right now, so I'm having a Belgian IP again. And this one is from, again, same company last time, Brewer Letter. Um, we had their Whitfield last time. This is just an IPA. It's called Belgian IPA, which is they're not very good with their names. You know, they're not, not particularly yeah. they're not particularly clever with the names, which is a bit boring. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but nice, very tasty, very refreshing, enjoyable. Yeah. Cool. 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 I feel they I feel they do phone in phone in the naming. You know, I, I, I want a, they want a silly name. That's what we really want. You know. Ah. Exactly. You, you have if you're having a good can design, you need to have a groovy name to go with it, you know. Something 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 that just that captures attention. Um so I'll be drinking that as we discuss this week's movies. Um I've got no movie news. Have you got anything at all? Uh, it seems to be quite a quiet week in Hollywood. Nothing yeah. seems to be kicking off too much. Uh, the only real story that broke was the that fucking Madonna used a 
young person and then photoshopped her face onto it to launch her last album from 2015 and it's finally all came to light because I don't know I think the younger person was allowed to finally talk about it yeah how's that where do you read this you, you, this crosses like, I, like honestly I would never have anything of Madonna cross my my eyes at any point ever and I thought you were roughly <laughs> the same same kind of man but ultimately you're looking for madonna stuff <laughs> I, I, I go to the dark places of the internet yeah, to find the current stories <laughs> um, oh actually i do have a, movie, a slightly more oh, oh. tangential news actually um and i'll ask you the question as a man who is follically yes. challenged as am i for the most part yes were you in support of the sexiest bald man alive being called prince william i was pretty disappointed about that to be fair yes. I mean, because you I thought mean, you should have been higher, or you think there's better options? 100% better options. I mean, one, Wayne Johnson, but two, myself. I mean, yes. Vince William is still clinging on to the dream, whereas yes. I, have, I have embraced it for many a year and adopted it. So, yes. you know, and, you know, there's, uh, I don't know, man, it's just bullshit fucking media clickbaity horseshit. So it's it like, yeah, you know, who cares? It's like, while the media's shitting all over Harry and Meghan at the moment, it's like the other half of the media needs to start giving out trophies to the other side of the... Absolutely, uh, absolutely. It's, um, it, it's pretty bad. Anyway, yeah, we'll jump, not... we jump, jump into this week's movies. So, yes. starting out with Netflix, a Netflix movie called... Mm. Well, it's called Seaspiracy, but I think you agree. You, you're, you're a better name for it, which was... Conspiracy. Yes. I mean, it's, it, it, it's literally the exact same word. You're just completely misspelling it, but yeah. it makes, it just, it comes off the tongue exactly like the original word. Or, rather the only thing I'd say about that is that works in a poster, maybe not so much verbally. Yeah, when you're telling people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but on a poster, absolutely, conspiracy would work much better. Um, so it's great yeah. about Ali Tab- Tabrisi, um, who's not done, done much in the past. This is a big breakthrough sort of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot of this one is he goes sort of exposing about, you know, plastic in the oceans and starts to sort of See how he can do his bit to save the oceans and save the world, and you know, stop people using straws and plastic cutlery. And mm. um, along the way, he starts to discover um, regarding the, the, the biggest polluters of plastic in the ocean are the fishermen, and he starts to sort of investigate um, sort of the mass fishing of the oceans and how that's affecting them, and, and, and how that could ultimately result in the decline of ocean life and the destruction of all humanity and life on Earth as we know it. Um, so it's a documentary. Um, you pushed this. So you you rec- you didn't rec- you, you pushed this as one one to watch. You sort of recommend it. You want to see it. Um, mm. Did you watch it before you recommend it to me, or did you or did you only watch it recently? Nah, I just recommended it to you. You know, yeah. I like to kind of spice up the list. I know we're always kind of on the hunt for kind of newer things on these yeah. platforms, and I seen this was coming down the line. And yeah, Netflix they seem to be kind of pushing this one for some reason, yeah. like on that email that they sent out about what's coming up. Yeah. Uh, I, it dropped, I waited till it was on the list for us, then I watched it. Um, what do you think of it? Uh, yeah, as always, as I said to Stacey, like with a lot of these kind of documentaries, we watch them and then we usually take away something from it, but your average Joe will not watch this unless it hits the unless everyone's talking about it. For example, the way everyone started talking about Blackfish and then Blackfish blew up because oh. everyone was talking about the whale getting jacked off. It's like... It, it, stayed, only... it stayed with me. The, the, the whale yeah. masturbation scene or something. I'll ne- I'll never, I will never forget. 
that will never look at SeaWorld again. Because all I, I, I ever think about is the trainers jacking off whales and stealing stuff. I'm like, nah, you dirty bastards. Yeah. I, I wake up at uh, night thinking about that sometimes. <laughs> Free Willie! Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's like, yeah. Uh, so I, this is very much the same, like your car. Your average Joe will not sit down on a Friday night with a few cans of beer to sit and watch a, a documentary about the like fishing industry. You know no, what I mean? It's no. uh, unless there's something in it, or everyone starts going, "Have you fucking seen fucking conspiracy?" You know? Yeah. Uh, so that is unfortunate, but the message I think it's an important message. My biggest problem is he's kind of whole takeaway, well, at least the main point was um, about how we should really start slowing down about the amount of fish we eat. And I'm like, well, that's not really the problem. The problem is it's like the way we're fishing now is completely different from the way even like 50, 60, 70 years ago, the way we were fishing these oceans is completely different. I was extremely disappointed to learn that Japan had went kind of back on the whole like uh, fishing for whales. I didn't actually realize they had done that. So at least I learned something from it. Mm. Uh, uh, you'll know yourself, it's like also the other big takeaway I found was from this was also whether or not it's true or not. I don't know because I don't have all the facts. I'm really just going with what this told me was that um, the the Gulf disaster, like the oil rig, it it done it done better for the marine life than the fishermen were doing in that area. Like it gave the fish a chance to recover and all that. And you're like, how the fuck can a fucking oil rig disaster have a better effect on the fucking area than people fishing? I'm like, what is even going on? Yeah. <laughs> these these things should not be happening. You, yeah. you know. You shouldn't have to have an oil disaster to fucking help out the fish. Uh, the fish. Mm. So yeah, it was like there's a few like things that I was just like, my god, it's like I can't like the whole fishing of whales and also like the the sharks as well. You're like, it's beyond wasteful. It's like, don't just like just fucking eat the shark. Don't just take the fucking fin and then just mm. throw the fish back overboard. I was like, fuck off with that archaic shit it's like you know what i mean it's like we're kind of past that cash yeah that's kind of thing now you know um yeah i mean i, I struggle with this documentary for a couple of reasons number one mm. i didn't particularly like him presenting it I didn't yeah think, i didn't think it was a pretty engaging character you come across it about like a smug prick to me that if i was gonna borrow yeah. my punch him rather than listen to him um mm. The biggest issue I had with it was it, it's very compelling. It puts a lot of really mm. like sort of horrific imagery in your face to try and like make you you know feel empathetic and, and, and to support his point. The unfortunate mm. problem is he's fudging facts and figures in order to make right. a documentary sound, you know, make it sound more, you know, mm. believable and yeah, to yeah. make things sound to slant it to his perspective. Now his perspective seems to be people should not eat fish at all. That's essentially what he's saying. People should just sort of abandon fishing and only eat veg, right? Which, 
And, and as I said to Stacey at the time, it's like, go and tell that to the older Mediterranean people who live a lot longer than the fucking average person because of their diet. Go and tell, go it, and tell, tell them to, they're not. To Asia who have a completely almost yeah. fish-based diet because it's cheaper than yeah. other, you know, um, land-based um, meat. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's very simplistic, very westernized, simplistic way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I thought that was a real cop-out, you know, that, that whole thing, you know. He's come in with an agenda, I think. And he wants yeah. to follow that agenda. And you see a lot of these documentaries that you, you try to push it. And that's a big issue for me. Like the best documentaries are not trying to further an agenda. They're actually trying to tell you something. Yes, yeah. may have a slight slant on it, which is totally yeah. understandable, but they're not trying to base they don't fudge the figures in order to make their way of life the only way possible. Now the thing about the Gulf War, the Gulf War, the, the Gulf yeah. disaster with the um Deepwater Horizon. Yeah. The fact that the fish life might have recovered is a possibility. Mm. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm not checking up on it, but it did also devastate the fucking landscape and it devastated the yeah. breed, uh, the, the bird life and the, the plant life and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. yeah, you get more fucking trout, but you get no birds. You know, so I mean, it shows mm. that had a knock on effect somewhere as well. You know, so it's it's far too simplistic to simply say, oh, the fish recovered. Ah. Yeah, there's so much more other things didn't recover, you know. Mm. Um, so, He's very picky with his facts. He's very smudging of the figures to, to follow his agenda. Um, there's a thing, the, 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 the climax of the film is sort of, he is sort of a very shocking image of fishing in the Faroe Islands um, when they're with mm. the dolphins and like, whales. Yeah, it's like an octopod, right? Now, is it horrific to look at? Absolutely horrific to look at. Is it mm. jar- it's very jarring, and you look and go, that's fucking horrible. I don't, I, I'm really taken aback by that. But I would say that way of fishing, it's fundamentally a better way of fishing than having these fucking mm. massive dreadnought things scouring the ocean. And if that was his point, if his point was, let's do it this way rather than that way, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. He's basically saying, don't do fucking anything. Don't do it this mm. way, don't do it that way. It's like, well, you have to allow a population to, to eat and to, yeah. and to find food. Now, should we do it in a um, sustainable way? Absolutely do it in a sustainable way. Yeah. Not in the way that, that's. That's always been my one my takeaway from any sort of like like uh, like hunting of animals or fishing for animals or whatever. It's like if you're gonna do that, you have to use the whole thing. Yeah. You don't just kill an animal just for one particular bit. Uh-huh. And like you said, it's and like you said about the whole like that's why it said to Stacey, it's like you've got these You've got these fucking boats now that go out and they literally just fucking dredge everything up within like a fucking half a fucking mile radius of the boat yeah. and everything and everything gets fucking caught in it. It's not even yeah. just like the things are trying to catch. It's like, well, as they call, as he called it, collateral damage yeah. and it's built into like the cost and you're like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have these kind of way of fishing. Oh. Like there must be a more, there must be a better way yeah. that we're not cleaning the fucking ocean at everything. Exactly. Yeah. If this documentary is about pushing that agenda, like, you know, let's not do this, then I can totally yeah. get the point behind it. But he's basically saying we can't, we shouldn't do that, and we shouldn't do this other sustainable way. Which to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's completely wrong. Because I, I did find them to be like one, like the least sneakiest fucking reporter on the planet. I mean, yeah. I, I literally think if someone gave me a camera, I'm confident I could have done a better sneaky job than he was doing. Yeah. I mean, like, mate, you're parading right into a Japanese fucking fish market where it's like, as I've discovered, it's like certain ones you need like certain licenses for. Yeah. And you've just went parading in there with a camera. Of course you're going to get heckled within right. like a minute because they're like, 
who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like I said, he, he, he had an agenda and he was aiming and he was pushing it. You know, it's this, it's this kind of like about like the fucking peta groups and the more hardcores. It's like they've got an agenda and they don't. It's like they're happy to shine a light on this small section and forget about everything else that's fucking happening around about it, exactly. rather than looking at the the wider uh, scope. You know, Aye. Um, it says a lot that documentarians are like a guy like Alex Gibney who can make a documentary about Scientology, right, mm. and not get sued. Nice. Which is amazing because Scientology is the one of the most sort of litigious organizations in the planet. If you say something wrong about them in a public sphere, they will sue your fucking ass off. He made mm. an entire documentary about it and they have not been able to successfully sue him because everything he said was fact checked and was correct mm. and he's, he's safe. And that's in this day and age. But the, the, everyone... is, the guy who done this documentary, he is getting sued and have people come out saying, you know, misrepresent, for misrepresentation. Of the interviews, yeah. you know, so that tells me that he is they they're confident enough to go. No, this guy, this guy fucked us over. He's he's misrepresenting yeah. what we're saying, and when he does stuff mm. like that, if if ten percent is bullshit and ninety percent is true, mm. the ten percent is bullshit almost negates the ninety percent because he can't believe it because of the ten percent is bullshit. Exactly, and it's not what I look. A, in a documentary, it's like, especially nowadays, how easy it is to just quickly Google stuff. Yeah, it's like if you're doing a documentary, and especially for streaming, set, in fact, any documentary nowadays, when you know fine well the whole entire world can check anything right. you say, it needs to be a hundred percent fucking straight down the middle facts. You know, yeah. none of this wishy washy bullshit. You know. Yeah. Um. Out of ten, what are you giving it? I'm at middle, roughly about middle of the road. I was giving it six out of ten because, like I said, there was a few points through it, and then the whole kind of overarching thing was simply just don't eat fish, and you're like, that's retarded, mate. I mean, I can't believe you've just wasted your whole time doing this, but okay. The imagery. I'm a big fish eater myself. It's yeah, I'm not fucking like I'm not eating fish every single day, but it's like you know, at least once or twice a week it will appear. But it's like. You know, it was most of it was well shot, yeah. a couple of ropier bits in that. But like I said, it's just like, yeah, yeah, do a bit of fact checking properly and don't have such a don't go in there with such a hardcore view. You know, right. trying, you're, you're trying to educate, not shock that. Aye, that's it, you're trying to educate and you're and not shock value. No, people you, can, into, you can shock people, to, you can educate yeah. people by shocking them. But you have to make sure what you're shocking them with is truthful and is accurate. And and, I, and yeah. it wasn't for that for me. And for that reason, I, I give it five out of ten. Like you said, it was mostly well presented. But if you're, if you're going to put bullshit in it, then I'm going to be, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to go, nah, I don't believe that. And like yeah. it didn't take me a lot. Of, it, 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 I, I come off the top of going, none of, some of that did not sound right. Mm. A couple of Google searches, a couple of wee checks, and yeah, turned out a lot of stuff went right. That whole thing about like you know, ninety percent of plastic in the ocean is. Mm. Fisherman nets. That mm. is true if you take this one tiny section of the ocean. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like, like, we know this is why. It, I know everybody needs to do their bit, but it needs to start at the top. And I'm not just talking about fucking fish nets or plastic straws. I'm talking about everything we do, or we simply just have to put our hands up and accept the fact that the way we live and the world we want to live in. 
It's fucking the planet, and we yeah. need to just accept this. We companies, every company needs to fucking look at themselves and change, or we all need to just put our hands up and say we're killing this planet, and that's just the fucking bottom line. And we need to just start. Yeah. 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 So I would say by all means watch it, but bit of caution, you know, do 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 some research either before or after when you're watching it just to sort of get a the lay of the land. Don't don't, don't take yeah, it as yeah, yeah. it's, it's completely factual because a yeah. lot of it was not. Um, from that, we go to another documentary, which is available on Sky TV um, in the documentary. So it's Sky Atlantic documentaries, also available for rental, I think, which I think you did. Um, and mm. that is called Inmate Number One, The Rise of Danny Trejo, um, directed by Brett Harvey, who did the documentary Ice Guardians. Did you ever see that one about the Ice Hockey? Yeah, yeah. Really good doc- really good, really good documentary. Um, the plot of this one is about Danny Trejo, the, the well-known actor who's sort of been in a lot of cult movies and sort of... Um, sort of machete. Yeah, he is Machete. Um, <laughs> that's what he's, he's most well-known. But he's in tons and tons of stuff. He's in like Dust mm. Dustal Dawn, he's in Desperado, he's in Spy Kids. He, he popped up, he's in Harold and Kumar Christmas Vacation, I think. Mm. He plays um, Thingy's dad. So he, he turns up in, he's got something like 350 or maybe 400 credits to his name. Mm. Man turns up in everything. Um, I think it's the last film me and you might have went and seen at one point. Remember me, you went and seen Machete Kills, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we went and seen Machete Kills. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's just portrayal of his life because um, he has lived a life uh, which is quite incredible. So mm. one thing is that he is like 76 years old, which is absolutely mm. insane. Yeah, you know? I didn't realise how old he was till I was sitting here watching this. Yeah, like and it's only, it, it's only just over a year old as well, so it's not even like an old movie. So like, like he was born in the 40s. Yeah. He spent like the 50s and 60s in jail. <laughs> and he said this like... Right. So in the film, you got Danny Trejo, obviously, you got uh, some of his friends and co-workers, so you got guys like Cheech Marin, Donald Logue, Robert Rodriguez, Michelle Rodriguez pop up in it as well. Um, and other people who are not famous in his life also pop up in it. Um, yeah. I'll start with this one. I, I enjoyed this. I'm a, I enjoyed yeah. Danny Trejo. I think he's he is, his acting ability is limited, there's no doubt about that. But what he does, he does very well. He comes yeah. across sometimes as a, as a very scary man because he seems to be a very scary man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he, he this documentary covers a good chunk of his life and doesn't sort of shy away from his early life when he was in a dark, dark place. You know, he was a drug mm. addict by like 12 years old, he was robbing banks, robbing shops, was in jail for a good 10 years, possibly something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, and he was sort of surviving in prison. And he was also, you know, at one point was in prison brawls where he could have killed another man or something. So he's, he's definitely lived a life, and he has a he kind of like a very unique. A unique guy. You can't imagine. You can't really think there's anyone else who is quite like Danny Trejo. You know, he sort of he is such a unique, a unique guy. But what I got from the documentary was not only is a is a screen presence, the way he looks, and the way he talks, and the way mm. he sort of holds himself, and and I got the sort of the backstory of his life. You know, what he was as a young man and where he brought to himself now. But how good a guy he is now! Like he, he is the absolute mm. antithesis of how the prison system can reform somebody. Mm, you know, he, yeah, was, yeah. He, he was absolutely on the road to absolute death. He was going to die. He knew he was going to die in prison. He, he, he was going to get killed by somebody. And he turned his life around and he does so much good in the world now. Like, you know, not just for for like other prisoners. He tries to like, sort of rehabilitate them. He helps out. He does, he's a full-time drug counselor as well, doing all that stuff as acting as well. And also he's like putting all his money into sort of the local community that he lives in and making sure they're brought, uh, he's trying to raise that community. So 
I just I thought it was really well done. The structure was always excellent. He sort of spoke, sort of focused on each third of his life almost. He's sort of young life, he was being a, a hoodlum, his acting mm-hmm. life, and his post not post acting life, but sort of his later life when he's sort of becoming this guy yes. who's sort of looking after people. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was just a really interesting guy and it's a it's a well told documentary and I, I knew he had a dark history, but I didn't know how dark it was, so I felt I learned a, a good about about the man from it. And also, I came out really respect him even more so because of it. And I really don't have much bad to say about it. I, I just thought it was a really well done expose on the man. Yeah, absolutely, 100% agree with you. I, I came away literally feeling the exact same way. I was like, this is just a good documentary about a guy who had a tough life coming up, fell into prison, and then because he wanted to change, yeah, his life did change. Yeah. And it shows you, like, just like you said, the prison will reform you as long as you're willing to put in the other fucking, I don't know, 90%, 50%, whatever the fuck it is. As long yeah. as you're willing to put in a bit, the prison will do their bit and then in theory it should work out. It's, uh, yeah. but, but I love the, I can't love the fact that he has, he's still so grounded. Like you said, it's like he's never moved away from the place that he like caused all this trouble in when oh. he was a youngster. He still lives there. And it's and like he does so much good for the community. Now they're painting murals of him on the wall is like sort of the savior yeah. of the town. It's like it's just, it is a great, you know, recovery story, essentially. You know, mm. the guy who's sort of been to hell and he's fought his way back and now he's sort of embraced by the community. And honestly, I just I absolutely I really, really enjoyed it. I thought just mm. there's not much to say about it. If you're a dietary whole fan, you'll come out loving it. If you even know part of the dietary whole, you'll come out and enjoy it as well because you'll learn more well, about it. I didn't realise how many films he was actually in. It's like amazing. Yeah. I, I do I love his attitude of it's like he doesn't care the name of the films or like or at least that's his persona he was given off. It's right. like he doesn't care. It's just as long as he knows his bit and, and then how much he's getting paid. And I'm like, I like that. I can respect that, you know. Yeah. Like what was the name of the film? I don't know. But I'm, I'm here with De Niro, so I'm happy doing it, you know. But that's <laughs> that's so good. Um the only thing I would say maybe as a little bit of a negative was that it could have had a bit more variation with the talking heads. There's only maybe like mm. maybe say half a dozen of them, maybe maybe ten of them in total. Yeah, yeah. It felt a little bit repetitive at times. Like there wasn't enough sort of scope of his life, um, which I thought was a bit of a shame because more guys in it. I was annoyed that um, Tarantino wasn't in it. Because I thought he would be one of the guys who maybe would speak up in it. And the few other people yeah. I thought should have been in it. Um, like Salma Hayek wasn't really. She had an interview with her on the Graham Norton show, but she wasn't in it. I thought that's a real shame because Salma Hayek seemed to. You know, seem to really embrace him as well. So, a few people missing from I thought it'd be nice if they had, you know, you know, Salma is always lovely. Um, mm. But yeah, no, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Just a really fun, it's only about 90 minutes long as well. So, it's a really quick watch. It's not like it just yeah. for hours and hours and hours watching it. It moves at pace, every part of it. And it doesn't shy away from the darkness. You don't feel, you don't feel it's a puff piece. It's just, just a good documentary about an interesting yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, like, eh. Uh, the bit that kind of really made me think about was the guy who spent 38 years. Oh, God. Uh, he's like his uncle's like son who right. spent 38 years in jail. And you're like, I, I just I just cannot process that at all. I know oh. it's like a, a different life from the life that I've had, but I'm just like, I can't, I just cannot process that length of time, like just being stuck like in a prison and yeah. getting out I mean like the world is a vastly different it's like fucking Shawshank Redemption it's, it's, it's proper Shawshank stuff Absolutely yeah Shawshank it's like stuff. coming out to a world that you have no idea what you're talking about or, or looking at it's yeah. like 
the world is a very different and scary place, you know. Yeah, man. Um, so out of ten, what are you giving it? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a solid eight out of ten because yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I enjoyed that. I know who the gentleman is. I loved it. Yeah, I'm giving it a seven out of ten. Um, I really enjoyed it as well. Definitely worth watching and find it. Well, yep. Yeah, so on to our final film of the week, which is a Sky original, which is always a bit of a dodgy. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not it's not been a good moniker, the Sky Original. We've seen some right duffers in the past um, few years. So this one is called Six Minutes to Midnight, directed by Andy Goddard, who directed um, Set Fire to the Stars a few years ago, and also mm. done lots of the Marvel TV shows, The Punisher, Daredevil, Luke Cage, all those ones. Um, the plot of this is set in 1930s Britain, down in Bexhill on Sea, the south coast of England, where there is a school that basically all the top Nazis send their kids to in order to sort of like finish up all the other you know, female children to it and also sort of get them all prim and proper and also sort of to liaison with the hoi polloi or British society and all to sort of like bring them over to the, the, the Nazi side and sort of gain sympathy that way. And amongst that, mm-hmm. there's also a plot in all this where um, the war's about to outbreak. They, kept this, they try to get the kids out of the school with information regarding a bunch of British spies who are working in Germany and they need to stop their information from getting out of the country or these spies will be in danger. Um, in the film, you've got Eddie Izzard playing sort of the new English teacher in the school. Um, he's also a co-writer of the film. You've got Judy Dench playing the sort of madam, the sort of head teacher. James Darcy plays a, a cop in it. And Cara Jury, Jury plays the sort of head girl. And Jim Broadbent pops up in it for about four minutes as a bus driver. Um, what do you think of this one? I enjoyed this movie. One, yeah. I was disappointed it wasn't a, a Iron Maiden documentary, but you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. See, that's what I could, this is probably tells me in your mind is at six minutes to midnight. I went to two things. One is the Iron Maiden song, obviously. And two, which is actually the named after, is the Watchman. That's um, the, the Doomsday Clock. Mm, that's yeah, the, yeah. After, you know, six, the, the clock has moved six minutes to midnight, but my mind instantly went to Iron Maiden as well, which, um, yeah, it shows you <laughs> both our minds are at. Uh, but that was a good movie. You know, I do always have a soft spot for anything that Eddie Azard does. I will give it always the time of day. Amen. This once again hit the, hit the markers for me. I enjoyed it. It was a well-told story. Uh, something, once again, I didn't know about. Uh, I didn't even know this was a thing that Germans had sent their kids over here. Um, and Britain seemed to be quite pally with Germany as well, yep. which was yep. a bit random. Yep. Oh no, because a royal family's German. It was like them. It was all their family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> don't dig deep into don't don't dig dig deep into royalty, man. It, it only turns up bad and nasty things. And that's all. Yeah, <laughs> they're all banging each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, so yeah, like I said, I've got some soft spot by day. So anytime he's done something, I will give it time of day. And sure enough, that's. Absolutely hit the nail on the head. I enjoyed it. Uh, Judy Dench was amazing in it as well as the Cali head of the school. Yeah, he's um, the head teacher, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, a, it's a boarding school. So he's sort of the, I don't know if it's a madam or something they call it. Or like a, a, what, what uh, it is. It's, it's like a boarding school they're at. But, uh, yeah. Uh, also, I thought the, the bus driver, Jim Broadbent, I thought he was very charismatic in it as well. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, I know he only pops up like briefly here and there. But I was a bit like, ah, you know, it's nice to see him, you know. Yep. Yep. You don't see him often these days. Uh, yeah, it's just a good, well-told story, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm much the same. Like, it's kind of a couple of films we've watched over the last like, couple of weeks where I watched it, I enjoyed it, but an hour later, I'm kind of struggling to remember anything from it a little bit. You know, mm. it's like at the time I'm watching it, I'm it's thoroughly watchable. Um, mm. Moves at a decent pace, but it does kind of drag the story out um, and and really link it along the memory. Um, it does feel like one of those kind of films that's for the bank holiday crowd, you know, your granny, your mum, you know, everyone can sit down and watch it. It's very sort of quaint, it's sort of very ye olde England type thing. It does not a lot of, mm. there's not a lot of bloodshed in it, if that makes sense. You know, it's, it's very quaint yeah. to some degree, um, which is what these sky movies seem to be, very sort of quaint, middle Englandy kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, once again, like that one that we watched, it was once again on the cusp of World War Two as well. Uh, that one... They were setting the big house and all that. The dig? Yeah. That was you know, that, 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 that was Netflix, not Sky, I don't think. That was Netflix. Oh, so well, I, same flavour. You know, yeah, yeah, I, very much. Yeah, it's not bad. It's very much the same flavour of like sort of appealing to the Middle England idea of like mm. what England is um, or what Britain mm. is in some way, you know. Um but it's it's completely passable. for what I watched it for, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I can, I can never see me watch. I can never see me watch it again. But if I have an hour and a half to kill on a bank holiday day, it'd be ideal viewing. Not for myself, now I've seen it, but anyone else like like sort of nice, simple hour and a half viewing on bank holiday Monday or bank holiday on Easter Sunday, it would fit in quite nicely there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah, like you said, just it's a good movie. Just sit back and enjoy it, and that's it. You know, yeah, it, it, let it wash over you. It, it's it's a thing. It, it won't linger along the memory, but for what you're watching it for, it's very enjoyable. Um, mm. And Eddie was, Eddie was actually really good in it. I thought her acting yeah. was excellent. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought definite. Eddie, Eddie's always been able to act. I've never seen him, never seen her sorry play a bad role. Um, but he doesn't. He sorry, I keep saying he. She didn't bring any of the camp into it. It was very much a straight role. You know, it's very much mm. down the line. It's not. There's no. There's maybe one or two lines when he says it. It sounds like a little bit of one of these stand-up lines a little bit. And it made me kind of giggle because ah. I remembered it. Um, yeah. yeah. But for the most part, she plays it just very straight down the middle and plays it as a dramatic role, which is kind of unique mm. for Eddie because a lot of the stuff that she does is sort of very um, comedic. If, if not comedy, it's got a comedic slant to it, I would say. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is more of a, definitely, this is more of a kind of straight, like, yeah. straight down the middle role. It's very serious business, yeah. you know. With the exception of Valkyrie, which Valkyrie was a very much a, a straight drama role, but a lot of other stuff, even like Mystery Men, which is sort of, he's playing a baddie in it. But he mm. is very much, she sorry is very much the the, the kind of it played for last to some degree. Um, but I, I would definitely say it's the best of the Sky Cinema offerings as well. Um, of ones we've watched so far, I definitely say I would watch this one again over any other any other ones. So for that, mm-hmm. definitely worth a wee a wee, a wee gander on a bank holiday. Um, I'd give it a very solid six and a half out of ten. Nice, nice, good, good. All right, I'm gonna give it a. Solid seven out of ten. I gave it. Nice. So definitely yeah. one to watch. Um, that is us for this week. Next week we have some interesting stuff. We have one. I picked one for you called Bad Trip on Netflix, which is okay. about uh, it's like a hidden camera movie um, with many stuff, kind of almost like Jackass with a narrative. I think is the best way to describe it. So you get that one to watch. I feel that may be up your alley. Uh, also, Maybe. we'll see. On VOD, so uh, you have to uh, on rental for this one. You've got Judas and the Black Messiah, which is getting amazing reviews. I'm really looking forward to that one. So yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah, sorry. And finally, on Amazon, we have the new film from the guy who did 
um, that one day in his life of. It's a, it's a, it's a, he does like a documentary, and then he will also do like a proper, like sort of dramatic film or a, a, a oh, yeah, yeah. fiction film. And this one is called The Mauritanian. Um, and that's on Amazon Prime, and it's an exclusive on Amazon. So some interesting stuff to watch over the next few days. An interesting mix, I would say, over the next couple of days for us to watch. Um, nice. Is everybody find us? All the usual social media haunts, at Three Beers in a Movie, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's great. That's us for this week. This week, I've been Richard, you've been... Barry. You've been listening to... Three Beers in a Movie.